Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Geekdom Underground podcast. Hey there, hi and howdy. It's your boy, JRG, and we have an exciting episode this morning. Kind of rainy, isn't it, Philip? Oh, it sorry. Is. Wait, who it's, are you? Dude, thank you so much, you know, because I even forget. You know what I'm saying? Good morning, everybody. My name is Philip Hernandez. I'm COO here at Geekdom, and we are excited. Another episode of Geekdom Underground. I agree, though, sir. It was a little bit wet coming yeah. in this morning. Muggy. You know? Muggy. That's that's the term. And, you know, everybody, you can tell with everybody's hair, too, whenever it's like a, a humid day. But but anyway, we're super excited to bring you another episode of Geekdom Underground. And today we have Mr. Rene Balderas, and he is a professor over at San Antonio College. Hi, Shout man. out. Thank you. Glad, glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you, Rene. Um, so, Let's just get after it. Renee has been, if, if y'all have been around Geekdom, especially in the last 12 months or so, you have definitely seen Renee, a pillar of our community. I'm going to stop you right there. Thank you, sir. If you've been at Geekdom for the last like eight years. Oh, oh it's not that long. Oh. Since day one. Oh. No, and honestly, it's been probably been like six years. I don't know about pillar, more like chair or, or some other piece of furniture. <laughs> a cornerstone. Standing desk. <laughs> but, but I've been here a while. It's... It's at least five years. Yeah, yeah. I've been here, been here a while, and you know me. I started March 2020, and I remember seeing your wow. your friendly face. March 2020 was a a weird time to start, but um, but definitely, it's been awesome having you around. You've Thank definitely you. been somebody who, um, you know, I can bounce ideas off of and um, keep my fingers on the pulse of the community uh, because you've been here through it all. So, um, so let's get after it if you could. Sure. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, you know, I'm a native San Antonian, born and raised. Um, went to Jefferson High School, Longfellow Middle, um, and only left San Antonio to go to college. Went to U of H, University of Houston. Oh, right on. Go Cougs. Hey. Um, so came back after graduating. Uh, married, married my girlfriend. Almost, you know, graduated like May the 9th. Got married May the 30th. Oh, wow. Um, same month. All right. Action month. Yeah. So um, we got an apartment and just, you know, started working. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, it's funny. The whole thing's kind of a blur, really. You know, got married, worked for a little while, then started having children, bought a house. You know, before you know it, um, it's 1994. Then it's 2004. We bought another house, moved, bigger house. Then, um here we are, 2021. All three of our daughters um, have uh, graduated from college. So. Wow, yeah. awesome. And so, exciting. so aside from just that time in Houston, you, you came back to San Antonio. You've been in San Antonio this whole time. Yeah, and, and, you know, and my wife, their family, part of them are from the original settlers of, from Spain. So they're like 10th generation Texan blood in them. Wow. So, nice. So that's we're awesome. from here. So that's why, like, today with the rain, you know, it, it's, like, ridiculous. Yeah. For it to be this wet right now, I mean, we we can testify that it it doesn't rain now, um, this month, this week, ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have no history of this type of weather, so it's just bizarre. Well, you know, I was going to go on a bike ride tonight, and I think that's why the, ra <laughs> the rain came. You know, <laughs> unprecedented rain week, but it came. But um, well, that's awesome to hear, native San Antonian. How did you figure out that lineage? What do you mean? Like with your wife and you said that like, Oh, the well, there's original. a whole, there's a whole organization of, of people that, um, 
keep track of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So one of uh, my wife's aunts had, or cus, cus, second cousins or something, had put together that paperwork and mm. had actually done all the research and figured all that out. It's wow. like an ancestry.com or Absolutely. something. Absolutely. Like so she has yeah. all the papers. And she showed it to us one day. It's something that my wife had always known, but never really had the proof. Yeah. It was cool. But you know what's even, it's almost, it's strange, maybe dumb. I don't know. I'm like one mile maybe half a mile from the place the hospital that i was born in that's crazy so really? i've had my entire life to like move but i'm literally <laughs> santa rosa hospital is where i was born oh wow yeah. wow <laughs> so it's like yeah okay is that yeah. the one with the really nice mural on the that yeah. huge mural the, the tile mural sure yeah that's yeah beautiful. my fun fact about jrg oh my best friend you did it and yes <laughs> No, 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 no. My best friend in uh, middle school, one of my good, good friends, his father did that, uh, that tile painting art and uh, was right handed, went to Vietnam, yeah. lost his hand, right hand, learned how to paint and do art on it with his left hand and then did that beautiful. Yeah, you the know. guy's got uh, work in the Smithsonian. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll figure out the name. We'll drop it in the chat. Don't worry about it. It's Trevino, the tip of the tongue. Yes. Jose that's, Trevino? Yep. Yes, that's him. There it is. Is it really? Mm -hmm. Man. And I guess what he, he got famous doing kind of photo re realistic um, stuff of like San Antonio scenes, like a, a, a Raspa vendor or mm -hmm. a storefront on, on a West Side kind of cool, you know, pharmacy bill so he got famous doing that kind of stuff and you know what's interesting about that is anybody i that really gets famous from around here it's it's usually exposing highlighting things from around here yeah, yeah. that's true that's a kind of, fun that's, i've never thought about it like yeah. that but it's kind of true even that's if awesome. you look at musicians who have gotten famous a lot of their music is is tejano is san antonio yeah. it's mm -hmm. it's not them doing national other sounding stuff it's about doing local things it's yeah cool yeah mm -hmm. So let's talk about how did what was your journey to becoming a professor at San Antonio College? What do you teach? Uh, architecture. Um, so that's our field. Um, that's what I went to. It's funny. It's something I decided like in first grade. I was with my grandfather um, at a job site and he was a maintenance welder. So he repaired things. We're at the job site. And I just remember, you know, connecting with the guy. He, he was very creative, um, uh, really smart um entrepreneur he had his own welding business oh right on uh, he built his own house i mean just a really interesting kind of dude and i remember telling him grandpa i want to be just like you and he was like he pointed at a dude he goes no 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 you want to be like that guy the guy with the tie and the, <laughs> the role of drawings and i think at that point i decided i wanted to be a structural engineer so oh, right on. I, you know i took drafting in like sixth grade you know te technical drawing because they offered that stuff mm -hmm. And all the way through high school. So by the time I got to UTSA, that's where I started. And then I transferred. Um, I had, you know, I'd been doing it since I was 11. Um, wow. So it was kind of just one of those things. But, you know, it's weird, though. You, you would think, like, it, you make that decision. But it just kind of kept reinforcing itself. Yeah. Like I kept with each. But, dude, I by the fifth year, because I have a five-year degree. It's a professional degree. By the time I got out of college, I was like, there's way i'm ever coming back to school it yeah. was like prison mm -hmm. i hated it yeah yeah um but i don't know maybe it was like 2006 2007 um an old colleague of mine somebody that i'd worked with said hey you want to 
come out to Sachs and and be a guest juror, like a critic. Mm. In architecture teachers, it's a nice thing. They're called critics. Yeah. Because we're basically there to kind of help the student, but, you know, by constructive criticism. So I was like, sure, I'll do it. You know, why not? Whatever. I don't have to work. You know, I, I can get out of work and go do this. So I'm sitting there in the jury. Students are pinning up work. And I mean, it was like a shot of adrenaline. I mean, it was it was something that I enjoyed so much. Yeah. Um, and when it ended, I, I I just wanted to like, you know, can we go to the room next door and just talk about what happened? You know, it was, I was really um, overcome by that, that setting. And uh, here I am. Wow. I've probably taught at least one class, maybe two every semester, most summer sessions um, hmm. continuously since 2008. Wow. That's, yeah, that's so awesome. Started at SAC and then like in 2016, um, started teaching at UTSA. So oh, I'm teaching in both places and, you know, it, it makes for a really fun day. Yeah. My oldest daughter asked me a couple of days ago, do you ever like um, get tired of the monotony of the day? And I was like, dude, like five times every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think how I address that is by teaching and by yeah. Cause I work, of course, have to work. You know, my wife and I have our own firm in doing mostly commercial interior. So the design of what stuff looks like inside, but mostly commercial. So uh, I just, I like the variety that, you know, I'm in the morning I'm here and then I'm, I'm at home or I go home for lunch. Another thing is I like to stay kind of in the seven, eight, two, one, two or two or five. I like to stay in those tight zip codes. I don't mm -hmm. like to drive all the, I'm an inner city dude. Yeah. So being able to, to to have a really you know variety in your day and then you know the semester ends and then it, get a break mm -hmm. another semester starts and then everything is brand new again so yeah. i that's how i deal with that because yeah that 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 nine to five can be kind of a drag well, let, let me ask you this i feel like you know architecture is like um you know a something that doesn't change much like what's nice like you can have like very traditional like a building is it has to be like structurally sound it has to look nice and like does that stuff change like when you say like the next year is brand new is it because things are changing or is it just because it's like a new group of of kiddos oh, that's a good question it's a good question john hey thanks that's so, what happens on this podcast you know? <laughs> well i mean if you look at it architecture right is supposed to be a reflection of society mm. almost like music it's another really easy I mean, like if I, you know, I ask a lot of my students sometimes, like, you know, what are you guys listening to? Like, well, you know, let's put a playlist together for the class. Cause I teach lab courses mostly where you're drawing um, and working. So, you know, the, the class can go kind of slow model building. So, you know, we'll have a class playlist and I'll play it. And, it, and sometimes what I realize is a lot of the students uh, are listening to music that maybe their parents like mm. their parents introduced them to when they should be listening to the music that maybe their generation is making, you know, so if you're 18 and you're into Neil Diamond, I'm going to be like, you know, where'd you get, uh, <laughs> How? you didn't yeah. find that on your own. So <laughs> architecture, right. It's supposed to be a reflection of society. So if you look at society, it's changing rapidly and, um, you know, architecture should be a reflection of that. So if, Philip, if you're an architect and you're going to start designing a building, are you going to copy, you know, you're going to copy the front of the Alamo? <laughs> no, man, that's so inappropriate. Yeah. You, you might take inspiration from the front of the Alamo. 
Right. But you're not going to like do a fill copy. up like, comments and fill up pretty. That's that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, ultimately, you want to do something that reflects you, that reflects your generation, society at the moment. Yeah. So, you know. But John, you know, the, the wise question, right? I mean, architecture is static. It's expensive. It's brick masonry. You know, it. It it's kind of permanent, sort of. Mm -hmm. So, the other thing that's in that you made me think about is that architecture is really complicated. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this building, any building. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's difficult yeah. for designers to just kind of meet a, a minimum standard. Yeah. So they're you know, most of the stuff that we live in, work in is basically crap. Yeah. For that reason, just because it's really hard to do something that works, that's in budget, and then what you got to blow people's socks off to. Usually, that last category kind of falls by the wayside. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Like uh, just being in this downtown area in the tech district, there's some beautiful buildings like the Milam, the Rand, the Weston Center, the Vogue. But but um, I guess for this conversation, like with the Milam, the Vogue, the Rand. How is it like when our architecture, when an architect designed these buildings mm -hmm. over a hundred years ago, and then now we have new companies coming in and making them modern? How do you like still keep that respect and reverence for the architects from so long ago and make it modern? Well, yeah, for me, it's what you just said. It's like just being aware of that. When you look at our building, um, you know, and that's part of the reason that maybe I, I kind of dig it here, right? Is I mm -hmm. like being here because it's a historical building, but it also has an industrial kind of feel to it. So, you know, a lot of the bare concrete and exposed structure, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then it also has kind of a modern uh, spin on it. I think it was Alamo Architects that did a lot of the work for seventh, seventh floor. Did they, they probably did eight. They might, I don't know. I don't know if they did the basement or not, but I know they did seven. Um so the combination of all those things, it kind of works, but you have to first be aware of, okay, it's a historical building, right? Let, let, let's kind of remember that, but, you know, let's not regurgitate that, right? Let's yeah. not, you know, I'm not going to come do new stuff and have it look exactly like the original, you know, Rand building, because that, again, I'm not, I'm not a hundred years old. I'm, you know, this is not 1924 or whatever, but the problem is, is it, or the, the, the challenge is that these problems can be solved, but you just have to be aware of what your goals are and yeah. it, ha it has to be on the table and it's achievable. Yeah. So, I mean, we get this beautiful space because somebody was aware of all of that and thought about it and was careful and creative. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Like, cause this building, I think it was 1913, right? When this, oh uh, yeah, 1913, 1913, this building was built. And like, um, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that they were, thinking like you know down here there might be a podcast studio one day <laughs> I mean, it's a good point i mean i live in a house that was built like in 1926 um and you know we're almost 100 years fast forward but it still kind of works yeah so if you think about like what's the future going to be like 100 years from now so if they asked that question 100 years ago my house is kind of still working it's still, yeah still kind of looks like most houses you know yeah. yeah so i don't know i think it's a it, it, there's a larger sample size maybe of mm -hmm. how um you know it it's we kind of think of things in the short term but the longer term kind of is yeah i, I guess what architecture kind of 
does, right? You know, we've had uh, quite a few members on our podcast already. And um, I, I mean, th- I'm not the first I one. Think that's, <laughs> that's cold. Man. You are the first one this week. Yay. For <laughs> sure. Our very first. Thursday, too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we got a slow start. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what's funny is that, like, we had uh, Belinda from Be My Village on in a previous episode. And she said something similar that, um, you know, in that you said, like in school, when she was in school, it wasn't really smooth sailing for her. And you know how you had said earlier, when you were in school, you didn't really like it either. Um, and so, but, you know, she's come back to, to on a mission to make a stronger impact on that school. So, and on students you yeah. know, going through school. So how do you do that? Like when you, somebody who... Um, maybe didn't like being on the other side of the podium, being a student. How do you make your impact now? Wow, another good question. You know, it's weird because you. I'm kind of as you were talking. I'm thinking like, you know, why, why, why do I feel this way? And I think part of it was because you know, I'm a first gen student. So you know, my grandfather, my great grandfather, you know, they didn't, you know, they weren't college professors. You know, we we inherited poverty from 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 those older generations. You know, so. Uh, my mom and dad were hardworking people and they wanted us to go to college and, you know, they did their best, but for the most part, we had to kind of find our own way. And part of the reason I probably was sour about school was because it kind of took longer. And I, I, you know, I, I, there was missteps, you know, I went down a couple of dead ends. I, you know, I, I didn't get advised the way I should. I just, I didn't know where I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do exactly efficiently. So I think that was my view of it. So now obvious, so now the obvious thing happens, right? I want to help students. I want to show them the way. Yeah. The way that, you know, I went up that ladder and now I'm going to hold it and, you know, encourage others to come up the ladder too, you know, yeah. and that's really all it's about, I think. But, you know, I have a lot of empathy for students. Um, and that's something that's there Yeah. that I didn't put there that I don't know why it's there, but it's there. Yeah. And that that's another big piece. Do you find yourself finding the the Renees in the classroom? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I do, you know, and I it's funny. Um, you know, who am I, right? I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a husband and playing that role, being that role has really changed me. Mm-hmm. Has really uh I've you know, my wife is an amazing person and has taught me so much, you know, more than she ever more than she really acknowledges. You know, I'm I'm a father, right? I have three daughters, twenty-six, twenty and 21 and that has changed me a lot i mean i i my wife and i talk about you know who who have we learned from the most in our lives recently and it's definitely been the girls um i'm a teacher why because i'm a student first Mm. i like learning so i learn from these guys so it's a it's a 50 50 deal yeah i mean i learn from the students they learn from me but one thing i i'm kind of sure about is that you know, I can relate to them right now because I think my kids are the same age, but I, I can see myself, you know, I, that, you know, changing as yeah. I get older and they get younger. Yeah. Cause you know, like, what is it? Matthew McConaughey, the older I get, so I start to, you know, not be able to, you know, I, I, I can see myself just being too old, like too much of a grandpa and yeah, you know, so I'm looking forward to, you know, 
65 doing some doing something else yeah hmm. what's next garden drink beer no, hey. oh yeah hey. <laughs> yeah that's it um when you you know we the classroom is such a special place like i think a lot of us like if we think about um impactful moments in our life a lot of those take place in a classroom and uh and it, that physical space is so important to be with your peers, to be with your professor. In 2020, that all came to a halt. And um, like our our model being a, a collaborative startup space, it was yeah. it, everything that we knew came to a halt. How did you cope with that? Another good, these are good questions. Yeah, Mike. Um, Welcome to the Geekdom Underground podcast. Hey, shout out Thursdays night. Nah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I was sitting in the corner, seventh floor, all the way till the very end. And uh, Charles actually, it was like 5.05 or 5.10 and we were supposed to close Geekdom. And I'm just still there working. Like, I don't want to leave, right? So... Charles literally came up to me, tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, we, we, we need to go. So that, that time right there was that, is that mid March. Um, my daughter was the one that texted us and said, Hey, uh, such and such school, um, has canceled the rest of the semester and is now going to be, uh, remote. And we're, you know, we always do what that school does. So we're probably gonna, uh, do the same thing. And, the next day she texted us that yes we've also canceled and then uh accd did the same thing and then you say did the same thing um at that moment i remember feeling uh the weight of the responsibility that that we had we had already been paid we were teaching adults and they were not canceling the remainder of the semester we still had eight weeks to go we were moving it online I remember my question for the IT because we had to fill out this form if you had any IT questions. My question, I only had one question and it was, how do I turn my camera on, on my computer? Oh, wow. And then like three or four weeks later, you know, I was already teaching and the, the IT guy called me, hey, did you figure, I was like, yeah, I just turned on all by itself. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I never questioned the modality. Um, we, we met as a faculty and it's funny, I had to do it both at UTSA and SAC. So I met with UTSA faculty, met with SAC faculty. I had two different video conferencing tools that I had to use. Um, we just, we just, I didn't question it. We just learned it and did it. Yeah. Um, I remember not wanting to be surprised on the first day coming back out of spring break that 2020. So I put a group of students together, um, and we zoomed, uh, or, uh, whatever we did at UTSA, it's got another name. And we, uh, we met ahead of time because I was really nervous about the whole, I had never done it. Right. Yeah. Never done like a video conference. No. Right. So we, you know, we, I got all the bugs worked out and hit the ground running. And I'll be honest with you, I probably worked uh, seven, eight weeks, 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, having to take my face-to-face -face course. I was teaching four. You know, and I, I, you know, in faculty meetings before we did it with guys that said, there's no effing way we're going to be able to teach architecture, you know, drawing, model building on remote. There's no way, you yeah. know, this is, it's impossible. And I remember looking at these guys like, God, we don't let our students say that. 
we don't let them point at a method. We don't let them point at a modality and say, well, I don't understand the process or how to, you know, so I'm not going to be able to do it. Or we just don't do it that way. So we're not going to even entertain it. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, we, you know, not only can, we, you know, we're going to do it and then we're, we'll, we'll figure out how on the way, right? Let's learn by doing. So to answer your question, what I learned though, is that that culture, that studio culture, that classroom environment was still there. Yeah. It, we still had it in, in our video conferencing. And the way that I knew that was I had to go get a book or something in my office at UTSA. And it was during the, that, those eight weeks that we finished up that semester, right? That first COVID semester. And I'm walking through the building and it's like dead quiet. There's nobody there. There's nothing going on. But I'm in the middle of a very energetic semester, both at UTSA and SAC. And I realized then that it's not a bricks and mortar deal. It is, it's just about the communication between people. Mm -hmm. And if you have that, um, you have the culture, the studio culture that, you know, it's, so it's not a building, man. It's just, it's just about community people talking to each other. Which is crazy. Cause you were saying earlier that you like run labs, like this is very hands-on stuff that you're yeah. doing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it worked out, but yeah. I'm just, I'm sure it was scary at first. You know, again, uh, failure was not for, for us, failure wasn't an option. Like, you know, we, you know, my commitment to the student is to have a, a meaningful, you know, kind of like a church spiritual like we're really going to learn here we're going to i'm going to get you prepared for next semester i mean this is going to happen you know and it's going to be great not just it's not just going to be adequate you know yeah. it's going to be that knock your socks off category that we're all striving for right yeah you know we want our work to be objectively good right we, in other words we want it to, to to match the industry mm -hmm. we also want our work to be personal right we, we want it to be uh we want it to be a, re a reflection of who we are, who, who brought us up, you know, what neighborhood we're from. So it wants to be unique and personal, but that last card category is it wants to stir people's emotions, right? You, you know, you, when you do something, you want it to, you want to make a difference. You want to change people with it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I felt for the students and, you know, we, 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 we still have to do that. We just have to figure out how. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's, that's so awesome. Um, and I definitely felt that from you. Um, when, you know, during those moments when, you know, we, Charles and I were having difficult conversations. We brought you in on a couple of those difficult yeah, conversations. I loved it. Like, you know, should we do masks or should we open the community, close the kitchen? Like all these different things. I, I still and, have a fob. I'm excited. Yeah, the fob. <laughs> Y'all were going to take it away, man. Yeah, the fobs. And, and so it was just, it was a lot of things. Um, and so I wonder, did the students keep coming or did they drop off? You know, I think, it, you know, that, that first, it's funny that it, it's kind of perfect the way it happened. If you, if you look at it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We were all in the middle of a semester. So I had four, you know, I had 80 students total around and, you know, we had to finish the semester. We had no choice. So there wasn't like, do you want to do this? or not it's like you had to do this because yeah. we, have, we have to finish the semester yeah so it's like we're already swimming you know and we're all but then and then the water goes from two feet to ten feet uh, you got to just survive right yeah so we had no choice what's weird is that i would say that semester was pretty good because everybody you know 
you know, what was it when the future's uncertain, anything is possible, right? So everybody was just optimistic. Oh, you know, we'll, you know, we're gonna get through this. Okay, then I taught summer school, right? I taught a couple of sections of of draw of a drawing lab, and then of course taught 100% remote in the fall, both at UTSA and SAC. Um, and then we just kind of started grooving. Um, I will say this though, for me, spring 2021 was was fatiguing. It was hard. Yeah. yeah. It. I saw things kind of transition to like, is this really what we're going to be doing like forever? This sucks. You know. Yeah. I got that feeling quite a bit. So it, it's been like seasonal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, no, no choice. Um, I really do think that those, and you know, again, I, I think all students have a real fair shot at doing well in the classroom always. But those students that maybe sat out, because um, it's a whole different ballgame now because yeah. of the remote and because of technology and um, things have changed so much that I, I really believe, and you know, I can say this with, with, I really feel this, we're going to be a hundred percent face-to-face in all of our drawing and modeling labs, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks and it's not going to be how you remembered it. Yeah. It's going to, you know, the, it's going to be a transition again. Yeah. Wow. So uh, something that we're so familiar with, you know, I've taught, a decade, you know, in, in, in a live classroom, it's going to feel brand new. Yeah. That's crazy. How do you feel about that? It's, you know, what I like is that I taught summer school. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm in a class right now, a 10 week drawing lab that's been F2F face to face. So I feel like I've had a bit of a dress rehearsal. Nice. So I got all the bugs out. So yeah, I'm ready for fall, but yeah, I, I believe I have a leg up because of my summer school. Yeah. There is definitely a transitional period because it was it was weird. I think the first event that we had downtown was the Tech Block mm. rally, and and that was definitely weird because you see people that you haven't seen in a while, and you're like, "Hey, or yeah, sup? yeah, exactly." <laughs> For me, yeah. I just wanted so bad to be excited. I mean, I was excited, but I didn't want to feel bad about being excited or like seeing someone I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, and like wanting to just give him a hug, you know, and it was very awkward. Mm-hmm. But I was also like, is it too soon to be excited? Like, I don't want to be like, I don't know, like too premature. No, with, I found myself that. teaching summer school thinking, God, I wish I was online. I wish I was remote because I have more tools available. This is awkward, yeah. you know. So you had to kind of you got to get through that. The other thing I'm excited about is I'm going to have some sophomore classes this uh, fall at UTSA. And I'm going to be working and UTSA is more of that demographic where everybody's about the same age. Mm-hmm. They're right where they, you know, so last semester they were freshmen the semester before they were seniors in high school. SAC is different, all different ages, different demographics, different backgrounds, which I really did. I like that. Mm-hmm. But I have a class coming up at UTSA that's going to be nothing but sophomores. And this is a group of people that uh, were 100% remote all last year. Mm-hmm and finished their senior year remote. So they wow. haven't been in a classroom in like 18 months. Or their co- whole college experience thus far has been virtual. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel like like we had a baby in May 2020 and like his whole life experience has been in this pandemic. He doesn't know any different. That's you know crazy. I mean? That's crazy, crazy to think like, about. Yeah, yeah, it's really nuts. Philip's got a baby. I know. I'm yeah. three. I have three kiddos. Three. I do. I have yes. I have a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Wow. <laughs> what are you gonna go like? 
two more basketball teams? No, <laughs> no, no man. 11, no, 11 football teams? What, what are we talking about here? What sport are we talking about? <laughs> We're done, dude. <laughs> We're done. We, I mean, everything changes when you get three kids. You know, like... Philip's talking to me like, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> he's like, no. hey, let me tell you. No, yeah. John, yeah. what do you got? Well, you got something to say? Right, right. <laughs> right. Renee, why don't you sit down? Let me tell you about kids. The thing is, I have all girls, so that, you know, I, I did get denied something, but... Uh, you know, but I'm good though. Yeah, you get so much love. But I mean, I, I don't know what it's like to have to have a boy, but uh, that's what I mean. Yeah, the girls are like, you better. What do you mean you're denied something? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, dude. I mean, having one kid. So John having one kid changes your life completely, and you have two kids changes your life completely again. Like you didn't think, you know, that your life could be different again, but it. it but by the third kid, it's just like throw another one on the pile. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But then things I didn't expect were changed. Like I had to get a vehicle with a third row. I can no longer sit at square tables at restaurants right. or booths. <laughs> now hey. it's all circle tables or rectangles. Parents with young kids, when you go out to a restaurant, you eat fast because when the kids are finished eating, it's time to leave. It's time to go. Yeah. What's going to happen? They're going to tear their place apart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's... How do you think I feel when I take the team to lunch? We got Elijah with us. Oh my you know? <laughs> Shout out Elijah. Shout out Elijah. No, Phillip's an optimist. I mean, that's <laughs> when you become a parent, you get something that you didn't know was missing. Yeah. Yeah, for that's, sure. It's true. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, being downtown and I'm, I'm like you, I've been here my whole life. Yeah. Um, and you know, when people come here, especially who have never been here and they come downtown, they say things like, man, you'll have such a beautiful downtown and like looking at the buildings. And I, I feel the same way. I don't necessarily know why. Is there anything from an educated eye that you can tell about like why, what makes our downtown unique? Hmm. That's a cool question because I'm curious too. Well, I mean, part of it is that if you look at architecture and or if you look at just construction, um, we built with material, you know, before the invention of the railroad. Right before that technology, we had to build with the materials that we could find locally. Um, so that was old yellow limestone, you know, the Alamo, the Mission. There's a reason that they're that color. There's a reason they made out of that material because that's what you could find locally. Oh wow! I mean, what do you? I'm not gonna, you know, it'd take me three days to ride a to walk to New Braunfels. You know, I mean, so it wasn't until the railroad came in that we started getting lumber and all these you know windows and all these different materials um so i think part of what's unique about san antonio like many cities that were built before the railroad is this, they're just you know they're, they're unique because of they they're they're made out of the materials from the area that's so interesting yeah that's that's yeah. like a perspective that i haven't even like thought about that's yeah. in, that's but that's true i mean it makes so much sense now we're so, gonna ride the mission trail all different now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're gonna but, stop tourists and be like, "Hey, you know where this came from?" Yeah. <laughs> Locally, before the railroad. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, but that that's part of it. Also, but then there's another thing. You know, urban planning in our country. You know, the grid. You know, all the streets and the older neighborhoods are on a grid. You know, that was stamped onto the area without any real local inter and that's a more of a national global kind of thing you know a gridded streets and so that you know there was some urban planning practices that kind of came in mm -hmm. um san antonio is based really you know the reason people live here or you know if you say you roll the clock back ten thousand years right the reason people started living here was because water 
clear drinking water bubbled out of the ground, San Pedro Springs, mm. San Antonio River. Um, you know, so it's like, hey, there's clean drinking water. I'm going to live here. Yeah. So that happened, you know, so the, the 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 southern flow of the San Antonio River of San Pedro Springs is really important yeah. to the development of the city. Everyone wanted to live on that southern flow. Um, I remember reading articles in the newspaper that I through research when the very first northern subdivisions were planned, you know, Monta Vista, Alta Vista, you know, those first people were like, you want to live north of San Pedro Springs? <laughs> you want to live upwind from downtown? Like, this is never going to take off. Yeah. Like, it was considered ridiculous. A, a real point, if you're ever near the Southwest Craft Center, they have a clock tower. Mm -hmm. And on that clock tower is a clock on the west, on the east, and on the south. So they have a clock face with moving hands. They don't have one on the north. Nobody's coming from that way. Or... Nobody lived there. <laughs> Nobody lived there. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, so it, you know, nature was what was in charge, right? Yeah. Yeah. It dictated know, this, a lot. Here of we are. You know, like here we are out. in the basement with no windows and we have air conditioning and light. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you have a favorite building in, in the San Antonio skyline? Um, not particularly. I mean, I, you're gonna you you learn that when you ask a designer a design professional like what what do you like we we, we hate everything <laughs> oh so you oh, okay yeah, do you have a, a one that you dislike the most no that would be mean oh <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that offline yeah, yeah. one of the but one of the one of the structures i like the most is uh in the japanese gardens at uh, breckenridge park oh yeah it's that large octagonal pavilion yep i know exactly we, what you're talking about and it has columns. Some columns are just like one story tall, and then uh, other columns because the structure is so large and the, the terrain that's under it is is varied. Some of those columns are like fifty feet long. Yeah, but it's a perfect octagon. But it's just it's a, a beautiful, beautiful park architecture building. Yeah. Wow. I've never appreciated it that way, but now that you say that, I can totally visualize it because there's those the roof kind of overhangs that like. That little like balcony Philip, area, Philip, right? Philip knows, See? man. I've been paying attention. Well, for a while, you and I were the only folks that were here. You come, <laughs> so I, I, I pretty much passed the class. <laughs> He's like, listen in, right? Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. I've been, uh, you know, I've told Charles this and I've told you this. I mean, the leadership that you guys have shown has been what's made the difference, I think, here. Let's give it up. Yeah, yeah, we really appreciate that. I think that um, we have a very strong team and a strong community. And honestly, like, um, you know, I think a big uh, something that we can attribute a lot of our success to over the last 18 months has been our community coming back and believing in us and sticking with us. You know what I mean? Because kind of like you, like we had to say, like, that we can't just just turn our backs to the people who need us. And in your case, it's the students. And in our case, it's the members. And so, yeah, I think it took a lot. From from y'all as well, but I do appreciate those those kind words. You know, like the testing and um, because you know that that first week I came back and it was it July I guess when, mm -hmm. when when we reopened. Yep, I wasn't like really eager to come back, but I, I came back that Friday of the very first week, and I remember thinking to myself, I don't know, I don't feel safe. You know, yeah, 
because there was a lot of people like sitting in one area clustering. I'm like, why is everybody sitting together? You know, we need, even though we were supposed to be socially distancing, you know, people start working in a team and we yeah. start, they start getting closer together. And I remember feeling uncomfortable, but you know, with Brooke's guidance, you know, we, yep. I just kind of started to feel comfortable again. And you know, I've probably been tested and I still do it. And I know you still do it, Phil. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times we've been tested, but it's probably more than 60 times. Yeah. We're, we're professionals. You know? <laughs> now John and I do it to each other. <laughs> for, for, for fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I do it for fun now. That's it. <laughs> um, well, well, that's awesome. I, and, and now I'm, I'm going to look at the, the tea garden pavilion totally different. Yeah, I really, that's one of my favorite buildings. I, I like that. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. I would have never expected you to say that. That structure. I, I thought you would name one of the buildings downtown or something. But no, like our that. family, our families, my wife and I, they don't ask us what we think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like our new sofa? We're like, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We're sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you pay for that POS? <laughs> Let's talk about the way that you get to Geekdom. I have seen you pull up in some very interesting uh. vehicles. So is that why you like to stick around such tight zip codes? Because you don't want to. I don't want to push. Down. I don't want to. I don't want to push the sixty-two. That yeah, no, that's part of it. No, I mean, my dad was a motorhead, so he was into cars, and um, I remember as a kid uh, going with them um, to the dealerships on Broadway. Um, you have to, you know, so as Broadway was kind of developed, that road right at Jones, right there by the museum. Um, that whole stretch of downtown was the gateway to the north. Mm -hmm. So once the north development did establish itself, which, you know, of course it did, right? We're almost, we built all the way to almost to Austin. Yeah. Once that gateway was established, all the car dealerships were there not, not by accident because the car was king now and, you know, the, the gateway to the north. And so as you're leaving northern downtown, well, what's better than to have car dealerships? So my parents, we, you know, we would go after like eating dinner, you know, we would eat like once a month out, you know, we never ate out. We would eat and they would want to go look at cars and kind of fantasize about buying a Cadillac or an Oldsmobile. So, you know, that, that whole thing was, was, so my dad was, you know, would buy cars, would flip cars, would, you know, get a good deal on a car and then sell it. And then, so I guess I just, you know, was into that. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. 20 years ago, I bought a 73 VW uh, convertible and I remember selling my truck. I had a Dodge Ram truck that was really nice and I just sold it and I used like a small percentage of the money to buy the car and then use the remainder of it to fix it up. And I've just been doing it ever since. So I'm driving a 62 VW ragtop um, and then I have a 73 VW thing and I kind of <laughs> go back and forth yeah but, you know today i'm in the honda because it's raining yeah. yeah the thing is my favorite it really is do you do you, when you built up those cars well, i guess you've had one for 20 years but when you when you built those up did you have any intent to sell them or did you build them up for you well me and my dad my dad and i talk about this all the time i get kind of bored after a while yeah. and you want something different but um i think you know i might get rid of the thing but i think i'll keep the bug dang We'll wrap it in geekdom, make a geekdom vehicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, get um, uh, get somebody geekdom, give me a call. We'll work a deal out yeah. for sure. We'll work it out. Uh, oh, but that's awesome. I think I'll keep the bug. We'll call I it the geek. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the thing, the geek. <laughs> 
Sorry. That's okay, dude. But no, but, That's okay. <laughs> but I really, but to your earlier point, I mean, because I only live a couple miles from here. Yeah. I could walk, I could bike ride, I could take the bus. And yeah, it doesn't really stress the cars too much. So it's yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. That's why I like when the, and I don't mean to, because this can go on in a whole other, you know, conversation, but uh, the when the freeze happened, you, I think you said that like you're able to just walk, right? You're not that far. Yeah. Away. I, you know, I, you're still here in the space. I think the only day that I didn't come here was that Monday. That was the day that, you know, we all woke up to like winter wonder. Oh, look, I can't see the streets. It's like, you know, yeah. little did we know that three days later, we're going to be like, oh, we're going to die. You know? <laughs> yeah. But that Monday when it was snow everywhere and it was sunny and they canceled school, I did not come. But I was here every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, that, the rest of the week, wow. all, all day. Yeah. Here. That's awesome. I'm glad we were able to serve <laughs> and, and be open during that. Remember, time. and it snowed Thursday again, right? Yep. Yeah, we had a second wave of the snow. That, that was, was a, bizarre, dude. Was but part of the, you know, week. is there was electricity. Yeah. Never got interrupted here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. great to hear. Um, well, I'm always intrigued. I can always pick you out on the road whenever I'm driving into downtown. Yeah, yeah. I know that I know that that's yeah, you. It's impossible that's... to hide. Yeah. <laughs> what about would you ever would do you think you could get into like the next generation of vehicles, like electric vehicles? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. yeah, you like the hardware, not much like the industrial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really drive that much. Yeah. So uh, those people that are getting electric vehicles, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine never having to pay for fuel? Yeah, that's awesome. Because for a lot of those cars, I know with Teslas, right? The, it's it's already paid for. Like yeah. you just have to charge it up. It's part of the owning the car is the electricity is free. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, can you imagine never having to pay for fuel? That's, That's crazy. crazy. I saw a video <clears throat> on, on, I think it was like TikTok or something, but uh, it was a comparison. It was like a 62 Mustang or from the 60s. And then it was one of the new 2022, 2022 Mustangs, all electric. And like it showed the older one and like turning on, you know, the, all the noise. And then it went to the other one. The lights just came on, no noise. Yeah, it's just it's like something a, missing from that. You know? I mean, it's just it's different. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's beautiful. It's like, oh, my God. oh, pop the the hood. It's yeah. just storage space. It's like wow. Like it still blows my mind. Man, a lot of changes over this last year. What advice would you give to a student or a teacher that is entering into college in this new normal? I mean, you know, it's like that earlier thing I that you know that saying when the future. When the future is uncertain, anything's possible. So when you really, you know, you actually have to go through something to kind of know about something, right? It's hard to, it's hard for me to, to tell them what it's like, you know, but you're going to have to experience it. Yeah. So I really think that if, you know, if you can, and you realize that there's a lot of people that are down on college, right? Like there's a, it's yeah. not exactly the, and, and I, I, I honestly believe that it's not the answer for everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, I mean, it, whatever you give your heart and soul to, whatever you work your butt off on, you know, whatever it is, um, if you're creative, if you're hardworking, if you're smart, uh, you're gonna you're gonna go far. Mm -hmm. But you know, so just keep an open mind, work hard, and uh, de demand that it change your life. Yeah, like literally demand that you have a life changing experience. And you know, honestly, I mean we should challenge ourselves. That should be our goal for everything we do. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And if, you know, and, and if it isn't lighting your ass on fire, whatever you're doing, you're not going hard enough. Mm. You're not, you're, you're, or you're in the wrong place. Yeah. But don't, sure. but don't let yourself down like that. Don't, you know, have high expectations for your experiences. Yeah. Keep, stay challenged. Keep big, engaged. Big time. Yeah. Well, um, I do want to tell you, thank you sure. for continuing to um, be there for the students. You know, I, I had a rough time in school and I think it was, um, you know, but I was able to graduate and it wasn't because I wanted to. I definitely got some push yeah. from instructors, from professors who saw potential. And so, you know, I think that um, it takes professors like you to go that extra mile in those times of uncertainty to have that courage to to stay in the classroom, even if the classroom changes. Thank you. you know? yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank so, so thanks for doing that. I mean, part of it is also just, um, you know, I've seen, I've worked with certain students that say, you know, nobody really ever showed me that they actually cared yeah, about what I was doing, you know, cared enough about me to actually professionally criticize my work. And yeah. nobody's really tried to make me better, you know, yeah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. So, you know, you, you kind of light a little fire or help light a little fire that ends up kind of burning for the rest of their life. Yeah. Here's to the teachers. Hey, <laughs> Here's to the teachers. Let's give it up. Um, well, Renee, thank you so much for coming with us on Geekdom Underground. Okay. It's been an amazing episode. Mr. JRG, if you would, please take us home. Sir. Well, hold on. Before, I just wanted to say that uh, thank hey. you guys and. I guess this was like a dress rehearsal. Just let me know when we're going to do it for real. Yeah. Well, when we go live, we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. This was it? Oh, oh shit. man. Well, we'll definitely have you back on. We can talk probably for hours. Absolutely. Absolutely. There it is. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of the Geekdom Underground podcast. Thank you, Renee Balderas, for hanging out with us and talking about the history of San Antonio. Tune in next week, Thursday at 930 for another episode. And we'll see you then. Bye, y'all.